Tonight, I am here at Harry Brown's, our flagship station in Annapolis, and I am, I'm, doing, I'm shifting directions tonight, and we're talking about a specific issue, um, and I'm here with Matt Milby, and Matt, I'm going to approach this interview from the standpoint of, you tell us what we're doing here tonight, and then we're going to talk about an important subject, and the topic tonight, of course, is e-cigarettes, and the regulations, and what's happening here in Annapolis as far as legislation. So, Matt, could you introduce yourself, tell me who you're with, why you're here, and what, we're, what you want to discuss tonight? Sure, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me, by the way. It's, it's, uh, it's a, definitely a pleasure coming down to Annapolis. So, um, so like you said, my name's uh, Matthew Milby. Uh, I own a vape shop in Maryland, up in Carroll County, and uh, we also run a nonprofit called the Maryland. So, okay, let's start from the beginning of this conversation, and let's take it back to state politics. What is happening during this Annapolis session that relates directly to e-cigarettes and vaping in here in the state of Maryland? We as in the Maryland Vapor Alliance, okay. And what's the website for that? MDSmokeFree.com, okay. So the Maryland Vapor Alliance is putting forward some legislation, and did you have a, who's the sponsor of the bill? Oh, you have to ask me that. <laughs> I've been in Annapolis uh, a couple years now, and then we just got had the election, so a lot of people have changed, so I'm getting the new names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. People who are listening, that the demographics of the podcast vary, and some people may not know the term vaping. They they may not even know what an e-cigarette is. I can tell you, my my ninety three year old granddad, he knows what a cigar is. We all know what cigars are. We all know what cigarettes are. But I think if he saw a a device that you could vape with, um, and to, I don't think he would. I don't think he would necessarily know what it is because he hasn't been exposed to it. So for 
for people who don't know what that is, tell me what. Bottom line, what is vaping? So it still has the drug of nicotine. And what's the age limit to use an an e-cigarette, a vaping machine? It's 18. So it's just like buying a pack of cigarettes. You go out and you spend your... I don't know, six, seven bucks. I don't even know what cigarettes are. So uh, in full disclosure, when I was in college and even afterwards, I, uh, I smoked cigarettes, not daily. It was like a have, a have a smoke, have a drink. My wife made me stop a long time ago, and I'm happy I did. And uh, I, my, my, in full disclosure, my father quit sm- smoking by using a vaping machine. And he's, he completely knocked it out. I mean, this guy, my dad's 52, 53. I should know how old my father is. I think he's 53. And he is now smoke-free in the sense of cigarettes. And he, he stopped cold turkey. But he, he, he still uses a, an, an e-cigarette um, to do that. So you mentioned the chemicals. Could you talk about what those four chemical compounds are? What, what does that mean for people who are – because you're still inhaling something in your lungs. It's, it, is a, it is a vapor. It is a um, – something is, you're, is going into your body. And that is what apparently that people are very concerned about, the chemicals that are being inhaled. So talk about that. Ninety-five percent, but still the, the the agency, the government agency that regulates e-cigarettes, they're still cautionary in the sense that they've put out a a warning to say this is really not healthy for you. Look at everything in a, in a context where 
what is the long-term effect? And there are studies coming out all the time of, of more longitudinal studies, but they've been hunting around that long and they were able to be studied to find that longitudinal effect. The uh, Royal College of Physicians in uh, the UK, they've done, I think, the biggest long study on and uh, then they keep updating. And, and uh, the last time I checked, they have reaffirmed their standards on that it's still 95% safe of the smoking. And when you look at the good and the bad, we know if you stay smoking cigarettes, it's going to give you, you know, emphysema, which is a type of COPD, cancer. Yeah, I, I think we all can identify maybe a family member or a, a relative, somebody that we know, a close friend, a friend of a friend, who has experienced the dramatic and enduring consequences of long-term smoking. I know people who have died of lung cancer. I'm sure that you have too. Oh, I know. I had a I had an uncle who died. Relatively young in his late seven late seventies. I mean, I think that's young for some people. And he smoked all of his life. We're talking about palm oil, palm oils, and no filter. <laughs> I remember him smoking it. He would have a palm oil and a Pepsi, and he ended up dying. He had, but he made the mistake of smoking a cigarette. But he took off his oxygen tank, and then it, it just it was a it was a mess. So, but how, look, when you're talking. I think a lot of people are saying, okay, Matt, just reason with us. Let's just talk. I mean, if, do you have kids? Okay. Do you, and how old are they? Okay. So I, we have two children. One is 15 and one is 12. And we're encroaching that territory where we have to have these conversations like, hey, man, don't smoke. You know, we have our 15-year-old son. We don't want you smoking. We don't want you, definitely don't want you drinking. And there's a lot of these different conversations. But y- you're not marketing this stuff to kids, right? I mean, that's not the goal, right? I will tell you that I, in me and my business, we do market to kids. And I say kids, people who are under the age of 18. But in every industry, there are bad actors. Mm-hmm. That's what you mentioned earlier in the podcast. You said you you specifically are here to talk about some of those bad actors and how to avoid those and how to rid the industry. And let's be honest with one another. The e-cigarette and, and especially the nicotine industry, the, the big corporate cigarettes. I, I still remember seeing the movie Thank You for Smoking. I mean, the, the, the cigarette lobbyist was, is like universally despised and hated. But we want to make sure that you know what you're you're not selling a product to kids and on top of that you're being honest and truthful in your marketing approach and so who are the bad actors yeah you're holding one now so so this is a machine and if i'm looking at if i describe it it's a it's heavy so the and tell me, well we'll we'll come back to this because I want to learn more about this machine. So tell me about some of these bad actors. What do they do? What is bad about their approach to the industry? And how do you get rid of them? Do you expose them? I mean, do you bring them front and center and say, yeah? So. That's cereal for kids. 
Did you quit smoking using a vaping machine? How long ago? Has it changed your life? Yeah. You said that you read a lot of studies, and one of the key health components, or one of the key components of healthcare today is smoking cessation. So, a lot of healthcare companies, that's one of the first questions that they will ask you when you sign up for healthcare. You know, Matt, Ryan, do you smoke? And me, sometimes I have to say, well, I smoke cigars. I, I, I don't really inhale, but it's still, there's nicotine in it. And, and my, my insurance company shakes their finger at me and says, Mr. Miner, you're 33 years old. How many cigars do you have every week? And I say, maybe one, maybe two. But my wife says, you got to cut back and I can only have one a week. And they say, Mr. Miner, you shouldn't be doing that. So what about healthcare companies that say, do you e-cigarette? Do you smoke e-cigarettes? Is that part of the... You think that's wrong? I think it's yeah. I mean, they couldn't be more different. And I almost got a life insurance a couple years ago. And if you have nicotine in your system at all, they consider you a smoker. Yeah. And that's even if you haven't smoked a cigarette in five years, but still have nicotine. Yeah. Yeah. It really depends on the company. Do you, in your industry, in your shop in particular, Tell me some about the precautions that you take so that you you already talked about you 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 sell sort of a bland looking label that you don't you don't want to make it enticing for children when somebody comes in and I'm sure you've had this where underage kids come into your shop under the age of 18 and say uh, well they may not say anything they just might pick something out and say I need to buy this do you check for ID Oh, yeah. Well, that's what they used to do is, you know, you buy a carton of cigarettes and your friend sells the the pack to you. You're down the street. Or I remember the old scene, <laughs> a little bit different, but I remember the old scene out of Goodfellas where, the t- you know, the two wannabe bobsters, the, it was, uh, when they were younger, they were selling cigarettes out of the back of the car. So, yeah. But you, you take extreme precautions to ensure it. 
Because in this, we suspect you of reselling these products or anything that we find suspicious. We have the right to refuse these goods. Yeah. Because we want to make sure that these are for adults. Right. Well, we're here in the state's capital of Maryland, and as someone who is clearly very knowledgeable about this, owns a shop, there's a policy element to this that you are – have you talked personally to state legislators about e-cigarettes and some of the regulations and what has been regulated so far with respect to the e-cigarette industry in Maryland? Do they take the meetings? But you can understand that, right? Right. Could you smoke an e-cigarette in this restaurant that we're in? Right now, uh, yes. You could? Yes, unless... Unless they don't allow it. So in the state of Maryland, you could take an e-cigarette in, let's just say, you and I, my favorite, one of my favorite spots in Westminster is the Green Turtle. You and I go down to the Green Turtle, have a beer, have a burger, or we go over to Texas Roadhouse, grab a steak. Um, we could take one of these in there. Okay. Do you remember those days? I remember those days, and I'm not that old. I'm 33 years old. I remember the old days where you would go into a restaurant, and there was a smoking section. There was an old steakhouse I remember my parents took me to, and my parents, they, they were non-smokers, and they, uh, this is my mom and stepfather, and we went in, and my mom was like, all right, we got to get in the non-smoking section. She hated smoking. So it's, it's – and, of course, in Maryland, you can't smoke cigarettes inside. I mean, in, in Montgomery County, they just ban outside smoking. Yeah. So um, – and I, you know, oftentimes regulations fall directly to counties, um, especially if they are uh, – you know, they have a county council. They make those decisions. But here in Annapolis, what do you want to accomplish And I, I hear you on that. However, let's shift directions. People who, especially the state legislators, you're going to get pushback. And, and they, they see you guys, and I, I don't want to use too much hyperbole, but they see you as an, as an enemy, in, in a sense. And, and I think that's fair to say that they look at you just like they would look at a, a cigarette lobbyist. 
But you're saying tonight that you want to educate them about the use of e-cigarettes. And how do you market that, though? How do you market e-cigarettes in a way that would at least mitigate their concerns about smoking and the harmful side effects that with chemicals? How old was he? Okay. Did you appreciate that? Absolutely. Yeah. And you had a good conversation. Do, do you accredit e-cigarettes to assisting him? So, you, so that's a marketing. So you're saying that's one of the techniques to. But let's talk about too on the other side, and I and I. And I can respect that, especially if it helps people quit smoking cigarettes. And we, I think we're all under the universal understanding, or at least a majority of our country and, and really worldwide, understand that smoking cigarettes is bad. We, that's, a, that's a universal truth, that there is no none, zilch, zero benefits to smoking cigarettes. It will kill you. I mean, it's, it, you smoke enough cigarettes through your life, you will face enduring long-time consequences, long-standing consequences of that decision. So, one of the reasons why you're promoting e-cigarettes is to help people quit smoking cigarettes and move over to a product, but it still has the nicotine. Is in, is, and, and, and as someone who doesn't know a whole lot about nicotine, and I've, I've studied, I've, obviously it's, it's, it's a drug, and is that still a harmful side effect, though? the addiction to that nicotine because that's what's in cigarettes right okay
And I'm addicted to coffee. I'm addicted to caffeine. I, I, I fully admit that. I, uh, several cups a day. And I couldn't function without it. Yeah. My wife is the same way. And with her, the only thing that can make a headache go away is a good old-fashioned Coke. And she takes an Excedrin and a Coke. Yeah, exactly. And that's not a good thing. I keep reading more studies that coffee is great for you. It's good for your long-lasting health. And yeah. Yeah. So I, and, and I will say that, again, I want to go back to the point that I think an average citizen or legislators, I've talked to some lawmakers who are strongly opposed to what y- you represent, even as a business owner, you're a business owner, and you, you make a profit, you have a product, you have to market it, you have to sell it, you have to find consumers willing to come out and buy your product. And I understand the business side of that. However, people see e-cigarettes again and cigarettes as they see that as an, as an enemy, that, an enemy to health, to children. And I think they have a, there's a clear right to be concerned about that, and you want to clear that up. But some of the actors you mentioned, the bad actors that are promoting this, uh, especially one of the lobbyists that um, was, was part of the, the administration, you know I'm talking about, David... Um, can't remember his last name, but um, I, I think that there's there's some concern about how they are lobbying legislators, and we understand that lobbyists are they represent their client, but there's an element that they may not always tell the truth, <laughs> and I want people to tell the truth that yes, there are some harmful side effects to anything that you ingest in your body that has some that has chemical compounds in it. But I at least appreciate your intellectual honesty that you're coming on and you're willing to talk about it in a way that presents your side. And if this is a tool, and let's go through this, if this is a tool to help people quit smoking, then isn't that a net positive? Is this yours personally? Okay. Let's let's talk about the this contraption. H- how much does one of these things run you? Yeah, this is heavy. Well, right. Well, you own a shop, so. 
Yeah. What's it made out of? What's the material that makes this up? What is the uh, is it is it metal? Is it steel or? Okay. The juice reservoir, of course, we're looking in the front of the system here, and it has a tube, and you can now you can see visibly how much is left in there. Okay. And how much does um, how long does one of these cartridges last? Does that just depend on how much you? So tell me, um, how many flavors does your store carry? Wow. Okay. So. just like food <laughs> you got to have a mixture so um and then of course you press this button here at the top and then you inhale it and then it comes out as a as almost like a water vapor yeah now i've tried look I, in full disclosure i've tried these things before um and i i i personally don't use it my like i said my dad uses one and it's and it's completely helped him to quit smoking he feels healthier he's gotten into a lot better shape um but he uh what do you say to people who say, well, I'm going to use this in the interim, then I'm going to completely wean myself off of it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a double. Have you been following legislation out in San Francisco? Uh, tell me about that. I, you, I saw you wince at that. And you you had a visceral reaction. What's what's going on out in San Francisco? Is that what San Francisco is proposing? Hmm. Yeah. So tell me about some of those studies, though. Where can people find the information if they are actively searching for studies that will for and against? Obviously, the Internet is a, it's a good place to start, but where would you look? Where do you read your informational materials from? Uh-huh. 
So you kind of share that in common with the people who are on the opposing side. So let's bring it again back to Maryland. I want to talk about what kind of conversations you have had specifically with some of the legislators. And again, is there any legislation now pending before the Maryland General Assembly in 2019 during this Annapolis session? Which, which committee? And who sponsored it? Derek Davis from yeah, Economic Matters. Yeah. Yeah. Have you talked to him? You've made attempts, but have you been successful? Okay. Do you anticipate that you'll talk to state lawmakers after session? And what does that mean for people who are listening? Right. Do you think that's... Where do you stand on that legislation? Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Yeah. How do they know about them? Ah.
And, and Jewel, is, is that a type of machine? Okay. Very potent. Do you have any idea where the governor might stand on this issue? Have you heard from him or a representative from his administration or from his, yeah, the Secretary of Health in Have you sought vetoes in the past? What was that on? Mm-hmm. Is that where most of the sales come from online? For where, for I mean, could you go to Amazon and buy one of these? Does, does your shop sell online? You don't sell online. You sell brick and mortar. And where is it located in Westminster? Oh, you're in Eldersburg. Okay. Do you, do you live in Westminster? Oh, you live in Eldersburg. Okay. Is that what? What you know? What legislative district that is? Is that five or? <laughs> yeah. Who are your representatives? No, that's okay. I do that. I do that too. I Yeah, so thinking about long-term goals of the industry. One is education, and two is, of course, meeting and speaking with state legislators to inform and, and have a conversation about the your priorities. And now, Matt, you brought a sheet with you, um, and are these are these talking points, or what? What exactly are we are we looking at here? Because. Mm-hmm. 
are there certain organizations in Annapolis, lobbyists or interest groups that are actively opposing what you are here advocating? Who are they? Who do you see as some of your primary allies in as as an advocate? they marketed it in a way that would help people wean off cigarettes like yourself and that's of course why you wanted to come you you sound passionate about this and you wanted to talk about it and it clearly and I can see this from you and your and, and some of the visual cues that this and your body language this this machine that we're looking at that I'm holding has helped you in a tremendous way. And if you didn't have this at your disposal, if this was not invented or you just didn't have access, what would you would you still be smoking? Did you? I did. You did. You quit that. How many? Wow. Well, and I want to tell you that a minor detail podcast here, and I always, I want to give people a fair shake. And I, and I think that you, in other media outlets, I, I don't, have you had the opportunity to talk with other people that are, in the in the press and the media and have similar conversations. So in the past couple of years, this organization, we have it was a new territory. We were getting it on, we were getting our feet wet, trying to get funding, getting people to join the organization and wanted to fight for the right to do business in So we are just now getting to the point where we are looking at I still run across people all the time that are uh, making 
just as dangerous as smoking. And that's just such misinformation that needs to be corrected. And you want to help counter that narrative and talk about your expertise, your experience, and share your personal story about, and I, and I, I can respect that. And Matt, in a sense, is this a liberty issue? Look, if people, it's, you know, live and, and let live. If you want to smoke and if you want to drink or if you want to smoke e-cigarettes, then, and I, why the hell should the government care? Is that a fair question? Yeah, our our daughter on Saturday mornings, and and then she goes off and does gymnastics for ten hours. So, yeah, I hear you on that, I, and I I think it's important to to talk about these issues open and honestly, and as and whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, I, I like to hear from everybody, and that's why I open up this show to anybody that wants to come on and and if it's a and, and I, I get it it's a point that to be made that if you want to do what you want to do with your body and you're not affecting anybody but you still look you're you buy private insurance it's up to your private that private business to decide whether or not you are a uh, you know you're a risk and so they can tax you and they can make you pay more money and your and your premiums and that's a whole other conversation but um, there is a liberty argument that I think there is to be made here. Um, and I, I see that while legislators are often wanting to do good through public policy, that they, there's, there's such thing as overreaching. Yeah. And, uh, and you mentioned earlier, we talked about San Francisco. Clearly, you have classified that as an overreach. And that's a, yeah, that's an, and it, and you know, anytime we talk about banning something, we have to talk about the underlying principles of what's there and then the public policy and then continue to have these high-level discussions. So. Um, I can tell you that, that I, I, I agree with that, and uh, I am now watching Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> so think about the, the 20s and, and the Prohibition era. There's always going to be a black market. Right? So, I mean, just like marijuana, right? Oh, I, so I didn't talk about what. Tell me about that. I mean, so I have lots and lots of 18 year olds coming to my shop. Yeah. And I know that they have underage friends. And I talk to them, and they pretty much give up information pretty freely. And they tell me where they rat on their friends. They do. Absolutely. They have no problem No. Yeah, where'd you get it? I get it from here, I get it from there. 
But does that concern you, though? Absolutely. Because you're a, you're a father of three, and you're thinking, look, my kids are going to get older. Look, I was a teenager. I know what I did when I was a teenager. My parents had the same conversations with me, and they and they they gave me a lot of. I had to learn lessons. I've I've always hard. I've been hard headed, Matt. And you know what? I grew. I I know how that goes. And my my mom many times where she would say, uh, Ryan, I'm not I'm I'm not going to tell you I told you so, but I told you so. And you just had to learn it the hard way. But that's good that you're having these conversations. But when they come in and they say, uh, Matt, um, you know, we're, we're getting these products elsewhere and we don't go through the store. But you're checking IDs. Yeah. And uh, you, you run your shop above board. And you, uh, I'm sure you encourage other business owners in your position to run the same sort of operation. Do you have somebody who, from from the state, that comes out and pops in randomly to, to regulate you or to at least make it to make sure that you are observing state laws? What's that? Oh, thank you for your service. Did you were you enlisted? Okay. So, wrapping up, um, what's next for you guys in the organizations, and uh, where do you go from here? 
And then in your community, are you one of the only vape shops in Eldersburg? There's a few shops. <laughs> Matt, I appreciate the opportunity to have this discussion. It's an issue that I think more people want to learn about and they don't know enough about yet. And as these machines um, are clearly coming into our vernacular, we're learning what they are and what they do. We need to have these conversations. Um, And we also need to have conversations with the other side who are not necessarily supportive, just so so we're fair and we get all sides. And that's what we do here at A Minor Detail Podcast. I appreciate you coming on and spending some time in Annapolis. and, uh, And best of luck with your business. All right. Thank you.